Welcome to the Success IQ podcast, the show for entrepreneurs who want to create and live an exceptional life. I'm your host, Jeff Nicholson, and this is episode 40. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Wherever you are in the world, I truly hope you are having a fantastic week. It's another week, another episode, another to learn from people who have walked the walk and talked the talk about entrepreneurship and improving their life in many different ways. Our guest today is Matt Miller. Matt spent the first nine years of his career as an Air Force pilot before entering the private sector to work in both the medical device and advertising industries. While a top performer in the corporate world, his long-term desire was to be his own boss. A good friend one day mentioned the gumball machine he and his young daughters owned, and the conversation began a 10-year business quest that has brought Matt's company, School Spirit Vending, to the cutting edge of both the vending and the school fundraising industries. Matt, I just want to say welcome to the show. Hey, Jeff. Thanks for having me on. This is great. I have to ask, what did you fly in the Air Force? I was a T-38 instructor pilot for five years and then a C-5 transport pilot. The T-38 is a little two-seat tandem supersonic jet trainer that the Air Force uses to train uh, their fighter pilots in the second six months of pilot training. Wow. And the C-5 is the second largest airplane in the world. So uh, quite a difference in aircraft (laughs) uh, during my career, but, but had a lot of fun doing both. It's a C-5, the Galaxy. Is that a C5? Yes, sir. Yeah, brilliant. Yes, sir. Fantastic. Excellent. Ooh, I love you already. Okay, so <laughs> can you uh, tell us a little bit about your journey that sort of brought you through that entrepreneurial adventure that you seems to have had and that's brought you to this point today? You know, I went to the Air Force Academy, like you mentioned, became a pilot, loved every minute of my time in the Air Force. But one thing I learned along the way is I really didn't like being told what to do. And the military is not a very good place for the, for those that that's the case. Um, so as soon as my commitment was umped up to the government, I, I left and decided to make my way in the corporate world and learned fairly quickly that the corporate world was um, just as uh, demanding, uh, was even more risky and, and less predictable than the military was Mm. and found out that with publicly held companies, the stockholders are the number one priority, not the employees. So the rules were always changing. They never seemed to be changing in my favor. And uh, because of some decisions that were made along the way, my family ended up being in a, in a pretty lousy, um, you know, place financially. Mm. And I realized I needed to do some stuff on the side. We had dabbled with multi-level marketing. Uh, around that time, I ended up uh, selling aluminum cans for uh, for money. I started selling used books on Amazon and Half.com and Alibris. Um, you know, we kind of did whatever we had to do to keep the roof over our head and continue to make ends meet as a family. The challenge along the way, Jeff, is I had read Robert Kiyosaki's book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and I bought into his whole idea of passive income. Mm. And so even though, especially the online book sales was very, very lucrative, I was looking for something that would allow me to buy my life back, not just to create another income stream. Mm. 
And it just so happened, like you mentioned, a buddy at church mentioned gumball machines. And I started looking into vending and I was like, you know what? This might be my answer. And so I found my first used candy and gumball machine on eBay. This is about 13 years ago now for, I think it was $36 from a guy across Houston, which is where we were living at the time. So I didn't even have to pay for shipping of the machine. And I went across town, picked it up one Saturday with my two young kids. And I started my vending career that next Monday as I started going door to door to businesses in my local area. Eventually figured that whole process out, got that first machine placed. And a couple weeks later, I decided, you know what, I, I've never used these machines myself. So I was wondering, okay, do these, does it really work? And I ended up going by the local karate studio where I placed the machine. Normally the service cycle is six to eight weeks for something like that. Mm. Well, in two weeks, I, I, I couldn't wait any longer. So I went by on a busy Thursday night, put the key in the machine, opened it up, and quarters spilled out all over the floor. And I was like, holy smokes, <laughs> this actually works. So then I set about you know, collecting money from that machine and doing anything that I could to get additional capital so that I could go out and buy some more machines. And slowly, over a period of about a year and a half, built up a route that had about 120 locations around Houston, had ventured into toys and stickers and temporary tattoos by then as well, and had put together a pretty significant income. It, it actually was about two times what I was bringing in full-time at that point on nights and weekends that I was uh, making through the vending business. Well, then 07 and 08 hit, the market tanked, revenues plummeted, I was frustrated, and right around that time, we had several young kids come knocking on our front door looking to sell stuff for local school fundraisers, and I didn't know the kids, so they were strangers, which meant they were coming to a stranger's house to sell, mm. which uh, concerned me as a parent of kids of similar age at the time, but it gave me an idea, and I was like, you know, if I want to get away from the ups and downs of the economy, I should get my machines in a place where the kids are going to be there all the time, regardless of the economy. And that was the schools. And so the whole idea of school spirit vending and custom stickers for the schools was born. And that was about a decade ago, coming up on 10 years ago that we placed our first test school and uh, haven't looked back. That's amazing. Yeah, you actually, you you remind me so much of my granddad because my granddad was very entrepreneurial. Funny enough, we used to have a confectionery business as a, as a family business and he was like that. He would see an idea and you would go, okay, how could I make that better? Or what can I do to use that avenue? And what for you do you think, what what really spurred on that, that creativity? You, have you always had that creativity of looking for those opportunities? Or is, is that something that sort of just is a is a natural process that's developed over time. You know, I think that was something that was hidden inside of me for years that mm -hmm. I didn't really know was there until I got a chance to get out and, you know, the sky was the limit as an entrepreneur. Today, I've got a new idea every day. In fact, um, that's one of the things that I struggle against. And I actually have a coach that I hired 
that I've been working with for going on three years now to help me continue to stay focused yeah. and to keep my priorities in order because, um, you know, I, I'm not scared to try something new. And uh, for a while there, actually, I was so disjointed in my focus that that after the business had been successful for several years, um, you know, we kind of stagnated a bit. And part of it was because I, I was starting to look at other things and play in other arenas instead of focusing on what was really pr- producing the results which was SSV. Yeah. And, and um, actually that's one of the reasons why I hired um, another coach is because I would, I was like that. I remember one time specifically, I had 30 different ideas that I was trying to spin the plates on. And it was like, it was like, no, I just can't do this. And I think actually that's a trait of an entrepreneur is that they've always got these ideas and, and you are so right. It's about bringing your focus and going, well, it's not about how many ideas you've got. It's how many you can flip and and focus on and turn it into a um, an actual beneficial system, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I'll never forget my coach, Aaron Walker. It was about 26 months ago, 27 months ago, and he, I was on my weekly hour-long phone call with him, and he said, you know, Matt, he said, I've been doing some research. Do you have any idea how much opportunity there is out there um that you're not taking advantage of right now because all these schools out there don't know who you are he said if i was you all these other things that we're we've talked about and you're kind of dabbling in are cool Mm. but this is this is where your bread's buttered and if you focus here this is low-hanging fruit for you for years to come that uh you know, you've just got to figure out a way to get re-motivated um, in support of what you're doing here instead of jumping off into something else. And and having him there and paying him the money to be my coach changed everything. Yeah. Because we got focused on building SSV and figuring out how to grow our team and all of that. And that led to be us becoming a franchise here about 20 months ago. Mm-hmm. And our team has grown um, over a hundred percent in the last 14 months, uh, because of that focus and because of some of the systems and processes that we've put in place, mm. uh, you know, to continue to grow what we're doing. Yeah. And you, you highlight the, the exact great benefits of when you're a high achiever, when you're an entrepreneur, what the benefits are of hiring a good coach. Because it's it is it is it's 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 having that other person on your side, isn't it? I mean, what do you feel have been the benefits of having a coach? Well, let me just put some things into perspective for folks, Jeff. Because okay. in our society today, you know, it's a microwave mentality, right? Yeah. Everybody wants to do something and see a return immediately. Yeah. Well, that didn't happen for me. In mm. fact, um, I spent thousands of dollars over the first 14 months time Mm. with Aaron as my coach Mm. and saw zero financial return. Yeah. But there was a lot of change that needed to occur. There was a lot of learning that needed to occur. He and I needed to get to know one another and learn how to best communicate. Yeah. And he needed to figure out what really made me tick. Mm. And so I was willing to make that investment for the longer term 
Now, month 15, I made back five times what I had invested in the previous 14 months. Mm. But unfortunately, so many of us want something immediately. And if we don't see a response immediately, we stop and we lose an opportunity to to reap a huge reward and see a huge blessing in our lives because we're so short-sighted and we're impatient. Yeah. Yeah. I've just had that conversation with a client this morning um, where I was, I was warning them of the, um, of the, the traps of being impatient because there's, you've got to, we, you're right. We do live in this culture now where we want everything right away and it's, it's, it doesn't work like that. You know, it's it's a it's a it's an amazing thing to do that. And whether we're talking about coaching, or whether you mentioned putting processes into place, those things take time to embed as well, don't they? No doubt about it. I mean, you know, Malcolm Gladwell in his book Outliers talks about you know ten thousand hours to be great at anything. Yeah. And for some reason, we think that we can shortcut that system, and it and it doesn't happen. No. I mean. You know, people that know me now or who have gotten to know me recently, you know, think I rolled rolled out of bed with a silver spoon. Well, it's this has been a 13 year process. Yeah. Um, I'd love to write a book called 13 Years to Overnight Success. The challenge is nobody would buy it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so we'd have to come up with we'd have to come yeah. up with some catchy yeah. some catchy, you know, title yeah. to entice people to buy it. But the reality is it takes work consistent and hard work over an extended period of time for anything worthwhile to occur. Yeah. And, um, so I got excited about the process Hmm. and I encourage your audience to do the same thing because it doesn't happen overnight. Yeah. And you've, you've mentioned a couple of really interesting things. So, and, and some of the things I'm, I'm really intrigued with. So first of all, um, you talked about processes, for you, when you were looking at your processes, what sort of, um, how did you system systemize that? What sort of um, strategies did you have to put those processes in in place? Well, for anybody who's read Michael Gerber's book E Myth Revisited, or yeah. if you haven't, you need to read the book. And he talks about being a technician versus being a manager versus being a true entrepreneur. And to be an, a true entrepreneur in his definition, you have got to have processes in place and that others can follow so that you free yourself up to spend your time and energy and effort in working on your business instead of working in your business. And I realized that in order to scale what I was doing, because originally it was me and then there were others that came along and wanted to do what we did once they saw the results we were getting. Mm. I realized the only way I could do that and scale it was for me to put processes in place that could be followed over and over and over and over again, no matter how many people joined our team. And so slowly but surely, we put those together. I, As a pilot, we live by a checklist. Yeah. And a, a checklist is what keeps us all safe as not only passengers of an airliner, but also as passengers or pilots of a military jet there's the before taxi checklist there's the before engine start checklist there's the engine start checklist is a before takeoff checklist all those checklists 
are there because airplanes are very, very complex systems mm. and it's very easy to get distracted and kill yourself mm. if you don't have those checklists to follow. Well, the same thing is true with business. You know, it may not be life threatening, but it could very well be life threatening to one's business over time mm. if if we don't have systems and processes in place. And with them in place, it enables you and me in the event that one of our contractors or employees doesn't work out, we don't have to go back and reinvent the wheel. All we have to do is pull that process out, blow the dust off of it, and then teach that same process that we've already figured out to that next person who ends up being part of our team. Yeah, that, that gives us freedom yeah. and the ability to do what we're really wired and created for not get in the weeds with a lot of the details or the stuff that, that, that we're not meant to do because that's not our specialty. That's not our forte. Yeah. It's, it's, it's actually some, you bring up some really good points is number one, it's the structure because quite often is I work with a, 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 what they would describe themselves as a, a creatives or, um, or practitioners and coaches and therapists and stuff. And one of the challenges they have is they, they try they believe in setting up their business and escaping from that rigidity and that structure. Yet once they understand that the power of structure and the power of putting in systems and processes that actually will help them work more effectively, that is a game changer for them. And the other great point is you made is about sometimes as a, as a, you know, even if you work from yourself and then you move over to, you know, getting developing a team, whether it's an employed team or whether you just look for external use. It's sometimes about letting go and not being so controlling over everything. Yeah. Oh, huge. In fact, I'll give you a great example. I'm here in uh, San Jose, California right now. We've got a, uh, a school parent teacher organization event here the next couple of uh, days that our California franchise team is working. And then I'm here actually going to be doing a bunch of podcast interviews for my podcast, School Zone podcast, which uh, focuses on school volunteers um, and fundraising companies, that type of thing. Mm. Well, I, I actually had one of the guys who's coming to the event text me a little while ago and said, Hey, uh, I'm thinking about setting up dinner for everybody who all is coming. And I told him, I have no idea. Mm. You need to ask this person who's heading up the entire California contingent mm. because I have no idea who's going to be here and when they're going to be here. Yeah. That's freedom. Yeah. Because I don't have to have all those details or be involved in all those details. I've got somebody who's heading that up here with the California team so that I don't have to. So I can spend more time focusing on doing what I'm meant to do here mm. and developing relationships and doing teaching and training with the existing team when I have an opportunity. Um, but just a couple of years ago, I would have been the one that would have been in the middle of all those details. And I, I could have told them every last detail, mm. um, but I've had to give that away to others so that I could focus where I really need to be focusing. And uh, have you, have you had to unlearn certain um, attitudes that you were required to have in the air force in order for you to allow that flexibility? Or is that kind of like the systems that they, they train you in? Um, 
Well, I mean, I, I guess it's inherent in what I was doing because the first five years I was an instructor pilot. Yeah. And the ultimate goal as an instructor pilot is to teach your student how to fly without you being there. Yeah. So in a lot of ways, I've I've been in the, of that mindset for a long time. Mm-hmm. But with SSV, it being my baby early on, yeah. it was like, you know, I was the one that created this. I was the one that figured it out. Mm-hmm. You know, I've got to be the one that does it all. And and guys like Aaron helped me realize, no, you idiot. Um, <laughs> there's others that can do the things you think you're so good at better. Yeah. Why don't you spend your time and energy over here, which yeah. is going to yield you the most results and and provide the most growth for your team and for your family etc yeah and the other thing you talked about is freedom and i think that's that's ultimately you know for for the for the type of people that listen to the show is is that's really what they're looking for it's about working smarter getting the systems put in place creating this business where rather than it's about slaving behind and creating you know that 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 pound or dollar for the hour kind of like thing it's it's looking at how do we create more freedom that allows me the flexibility to spend more time with the family to do more of the things that I love to do even though they love their business it's it's to broaden their horizons and and look for those opportunities and it, it is that it is that that sort of strategy isn't it no doubt about it Hi, it's Jeff here. So if you're looking for a community of like-minded people who are are wanting to create and live an exceptional life, then why not jump over to our Facebook page? You can go to www.successinstigators.com or you can search for Success IQ and it will show up there. I look forward to seeing you there and joining in the community. Take care. Have an amazing day. Okay, welcome back, everyone. Now we're on the second part of the show. This is where I get an opportunity to put Matt on the hot seat and to ask him the questions that I ask every guest on the show just so we can find common threads and great nuggets of gemstones of information that can help you achieve greater levels of success. So, Matt, you ready? I'm nervous now, Jeff. No, Listen, you, you, I was going to say, you've flown multi-million pound aircraft. You've got nothing to be worried about. <laughs> okay, so the first question is, is how much time a week do you spend on self-development? Wow. Uh, Roughly. Yeah, I would say probably three or four hours. Okay. But overall, it's more of a mindset. You know, I'm regularly in attendance uh, at conferences and events. I'm part of a mastermind group. I'm being coached. So, you know, anymore, it's not as much about thinking about self-development as just getting myself in and a part of groups mm. or events that are all about self, self-development, self if that makes sense. Yeah, no, it does. And actually, I want to ask you a question because I, I too, am a member of a, a mastermind group. And I, for me, I find that as a as a, a, motor, a, a momentum accelerator for, for success. What benefits have you found with your mastermind group? You know, there's several. First off, it allows me to essentially have an informal board of directors yeah. in every major decision I have to make. These guys are from all over the U.S. They've got a very, very wide-ranging set of backgrounds, hmm. Uh, so that we don't come from the same place, we don't share the same experience or anything. 
And so to have their insights from their perspective is very, very, very valuable. Um, another thing is just living life with a group of guys who aren't here locally with me mm. that, you know, allows me to be more real and allows them to be more real because, you know, we don't have any impact on one another day to day in our own communities or what have you. Mm. So I have found anyway, it, it allows for much more, uh, honest and candid feedback because you don't have to worry about, Oh man, I'm going to run into this guy tomorrow. And, and what I say might impact, you know, this deal that's about ready to go down or whatever. Yeah. You know, we, none of us have the have skin in the game with each other whatsoever. Okay. That's cool. Okay. Brilliant. Okay. Second question is what is your favorite personal development book and why? Man, uh, there's there's several. I mean, the Bible's at the top of the list, okay. being a believer. Okay. But otherwise, uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, I've mentioned How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. Yeah. It's an old book from the 40s, but you have got to read it and read it regularly because mm-hmm. it um, is it, it gets into all the details and, and the value of personal relationships. Mm and developing relationships and relating to people. And, and then another one is, is Tim uh, Ferriss's four hour work week, yeah. which has been huge for me as well. Yeah. Yeah. There's, a, there's, a, we've, we've mentioned quite a few books in this, uh, in this interview, so I'll get them all on the show notes. So at least, <laughs> at least I'll get a bibliography of everything on by the end of it. Okay. So question number three is what is your favorite app? Um, you know, App, I would have to say Rev, R-E-V. Yeah. It's a, a transcription app uh, okay. for your phone that lo- allows you to essentially turn voice into text. Okay. That's been big for me because I'm a much better speaker than I am writer. Yeah. As far as on my computer, one that you may not be aware of, is it's called Streak, S-T-R-E-A-K. Right. And Streak is a CRM system mm. that... Uh, is a plugin for Google Chrome that allows you to coordinate, uh, add your CRM to your Gmail, to your Google Drive, and to your Google Calendar, okay. and allows all of those to work together. Mm-hmm. Um, it allows you to schedule emails. It allows you to template emails. It uh, allows you to track, you know, your your prospects, your clients. It's 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 been a game changer for our team over the last year. And, uh, for most people it's completely free. Oh, wow. I'll have to have a look at that one. I haven't heard of that one. No. So we will, I will have a look at that one after the interview. (laughs) Okay. Streak.com. Streak.com. Okay. Um, number we we will take sponsorships from streak at any time they wish to to do that. (laughs) Okay. Um, question number four is what's your biggest business mistake and what did it teach you? I think probably the big, biggest one I've had along the way, Jeff, is not setting goals high enough. Ooh, that's a good um, one. My goal for so many years was just to walk away from my career and to be a full-time entrepreneur. Okay. And about six years ago, that happened. Hmm. And I realized very quickly that I got bored I wasn't pushing myself any longer. I was taking naps every day. 
and was kind of stagnant for a year and a half or two years there because I had accomplished what I had only really ever thought about accomplishing. And once again, getting around other people at events and, and then eventually hiring a coach made me see that I need to set much higher goals that are going to actually make me uncomfortable in a lot of ways okay. and, and then work towards them. Once I got back in that mode, things completely changed. And of course, like I said, we became a franchise mm -hmm. and things have just exploded since then. Wow. Okay. Brilliant. Yeah. I think that's a, that's a big one. That isn't it? Where there's the, you, the, you deep, the, your inside voice, you know, deep in the, in the, in the bowels of your desire goes, this is what I want to achieve. But then the voices start coming in going, well, that'll be stupid. What will people think? And then so all of a sudden you stop pulling that goal a little bit lower and a little bit lower. And I think that's the biggest problem is, is we don't set them big enough to really have to stretch to right. maximize our, to maximize that success that we're looking for. No doubt. Okay, question number five is what are your challenges in balancing, I'm going to say life and work, because I, I, like many people, I don't like work-life balance. I prefer life-work balance, if balance is even in the conversation. Um, how do you manage that? You know, I've learned here, especially over the last six months, to put up some boundaries. Okay. For a while there, I was available anytime somebody needed me, and that worked with a much smaller team. Yeah. But today, I can't be available all the time. Uh, we've a set we've set up mastermind groups for the different regions of our team around the country, mm. so that everybody has direct communication with me uh, once a month at a minimum, okay. and the ability to ask questions or get resolution of things. But then the other thing is, like as an example, I got um, a couple of texts from a guy this last weekend on our team. He had sent me an email, you know, Friday afternoon. I was already off for the weekend. And Sunday afternoon, he texted me wondering why I hadn't got back to him. And I just had to respond, it's the weekend. I'll get to your question uh, when I'm back in the office, either tomorrow yeah. or Tuesday. And yeah. being willing to do that instead of jumping through hoops to get that question answered, because, you know, it was his it was urgent to him, but it wasn't necessarily urgent to me, mm. especially when I was spending time with the family away all weekend last weekend. Yeah. And do you do you also think that there's a there's a level of importance about training um training your um your staff or your or the or the connections or however you want to call it to um to understand those the 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 boundaries that you that not only you make but creating those boundaries of really stopping and thinking about how to communicate through email oh, i mean that's definitely uh something that's in need and and we were just having a conversation about that over lunch here a little while ago earlier mm. today yeah um you know the same thing um you know one thing that i've learned too about me and i'm in the process of training my team is I get so many hundreds of emails every day today yeah. that email is, I hate it. Mm. And so the worst way for them to reach me is email. Yeah. The second worst way is a direct call Yeah. because I very rarely pick up the phone when somebody calls anymore mm. um, unless it's scheduled. 
Yeah. Because otherwise my life ends up being run by a bunch of other people and their needs instead of what I need to be focusing on at this given time. Yeah. Um, another tool, though, that has been really helpful for that is another app. It's called Voxer, V-O-X-E-R. And it's essentially voicemail that works like test, text message. Okay. And so I've taught many on our team that if they really need something, send me a Voxer. And that way I'm getting it in a voicemail. I can understand their question. And then I can respond as I'm driving down the road in my voice to that question instead of taking time to text or instead of finding time to sit down and draft it, you know, mm. an email over 30 minutes. Yeah. And that's been, that's been huge for us as well. Yeah. I know I had to set up my, an, an autoresponder on every email just to say, look, I, I only check my emails two times a day because there is that desire of, well, hang on, you know, I reply, I sent a, a simple email. Why isn't he responded straight away? And I think the more and more people that, this thing that email was supposed to be is turned out that it's it's not as beneficial as it can. In fact, we've got to almost train ourselves to switch off email during a period of our days so we can make sure that we do the work that we need to get done and remove those distractions. Well, no doubt. And I would also tell folks on the marketing side of things that if you're relying primarily on email today to market to other people, hmm. you're probably missing the boat because most of those emails are being ignored today, whereas five years ago, they might have gotten a response. Yeah. We're all so busy and we're just overwhelmed. And I know for me, I just shut down hmm. once, I, once I hit a certain point on a daily basis. So yeah. if you're not getting the response that you're looking to get, then you need to change things up. And hmm. in our team... We teach a lot of the old-fashioned way of doing things with postcards and, and letters and handwritten notes and mm. trade shows and, and all those kind of things because that's where fewer and fewer people are from day to day Yeah, because everyone's trying to take the shortcut. Yeah. And because of that, it's you're a lot more likely to get through to people because there's a lot less clutter. Um, and a lot less distractions in those ways. Yeah, going old school is like a novelty as well, isn't it? To some sometimes now to get a to get a good old fashioned sales letter. Yep. <laughs> yep. It's now a theme. Okay. Question number six is: What advice would you give an entrepreneur that you wish you had known starting out? You know, I would just say plan on it taking two or three times longer than you anticipate. Okay. And costing at least two or three times more to get where you want to go. Yeah. The the other thing I would say is that there's no such thing as get rich quick. No. Um, it's a marathon, not a sprint. Yeah. And you need to be prepared for the long haul if you truly want to be an entrepreneur yeah. and have the freedoms yeah. at some point down the road that many uh, you know purport to have. Yeah. If If someone says it's a quick rich, just turn and run. Because that means it's going to yep. cost you more money <laughs> and a lot of heartache, yeah, isn't true. it? Okay, question number, question number seven is, what is your definition of success? Having control over time and money. Brilliant. Okay. Excellent. Okay. And the final life lesson question is, you um, get an opportunity to pick a number between 1 and 50, and we find out what lesson that lands on, and then we discuss how we think what we think about it and how it's affected us so 24 24 is 
the art of reflection. So um, one of the things for me is uh, I recognized in myself that in my early years before I started doing the coaching and personal development stuff was that I never really stopped and gave myself either feedback or look back on things. And I am wondering if you have a reflective process. Jeff, I think you and I are wired very, very much the same. <laughs> um, you know, my wife lets lets me or helps me with that reflective process. Okay. Um, I, I think that can be a blessing and it can be a curse. I mm. think in my life, in a lot of ways, it's been a blessing because I don't take a whole lot of time to stop and critique. Mm. I just move forward and let the results speak for themselves. Okay. Um, now, that being said, that does mean that that I am missing some important things along the way that could allow me to do things even better or more effectively or to be more relatable or what have you. Mm. But because I'm so focused on driving forward and the results mm. – that oftentimes I don't do that, okay. Um, which can be a curse mm. uh, at times as well. Yeah, yeah. And and is that do you do you do you write stuff down, or is it yours generally like a conversational piece? Uh, more conversational. Okay. Okay. Brilliant. Excellent. Okay. Well, thanks very much for for answering those questions. The floor is now yours, Matt. So you can share how we can find out more about you and um, on the social media and all of those sort of things. So I wrote a short ebook, Jeff, called Live Your Dreams, The Top 10 Reasons Why You Need to Own a Vending Business. Brilliant. Okay. And uh, for anybody in your audience who would like to know more about vending and, uh, you know, how it might benefit them and as a secondary income stream mm. – or if they'd like to talk more specifically about what we're doing as a franchise with SSV, mm. um, they can uh, go to ssvbusiness.com forward slash success IQ. We've got a landing page set up um, specifically for your audience. Excellent. Thank you very much. And would love to uh, for them to have that and uh, start a dialogue if they like. Brilliant. Thanks very much. That's brilliant. Matt, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. Um, and I just want to take this opportunity to wish you the greatest success. Thanks, Jeff. You too, man. And God bless. Yeah, that was So first great. of all, thank just let me say much. a huge thank you for tuning in or subscribing to the show. I'm very grateful for that. If you have any suggestions or topics that you would like to to suggest that we have on the Thanks. show or perhaps you want to give quick. me feedback of, uh, <laughs> of what you think about the show then you can send any emails to <laughs> podcast at jeffnicholson.co.uk I love hearing from you and your feedback really does help me make the show better awesome thanks Jeff so if you want to find out more about me or how I can assist you to live the exceptional life then you can visit www.jeffnicholson.co.uk or you can follow me on Twitter, look for GN Coach, or on all other social media sites, I am Jeff Nicholson UK. If you want to subscribe to the show, you can find us on iTunes and Stitcher. If you've also enjoyed the show, can I invite you to pop over to iTunes and give us a rate and review, as it really does help make the podcast more visible to increase its audience. I look forward to speaking to you next week, and I want to take this time to wish you the greatest success. Take care.